Second Kings chapter four. Um, you know, Minister Williams got up and said all that stuff. And, uh, while he was talking, I said, "Man, I better preach." This man making me. <laughs> and when he sat down, I said, "Man, who were you introducing? I don't, who were you talking about?" Hey, <laughs> man. So I don't know about all that stuff he talked about, but I'm gonna do the best I can to give you what the Lord has given me on today. Second uh, Kings chapter 4, uh, I'm going to begin at verse number 8, and I'm reading from the New International Revised Version of the uh, Holy Scripture, the New International Revised uh, Version, Second Kings chapter 4, beginning at verse number 8. If you have it by now, say amen. amen. One day, Elisha went to the town of Shunem. A rich woman lived there. She begged him to stay and have a meal. So every time he came by, he stopped there to eat. The woman said to her husband, that man often comes by here. I know that he is a holy man of God. Let's make a small room for him on the roof. We'll put a bed and a table in it. We'll also put a chair and a lamp in it. Then he can stay there when he comes to visit us. One day, Elisha, he went up to his room. He lay down there. He said to his servant, Jehizi, go and get the Shunammite woman. So he did. She stood in front of Elisha. He said to Jehizi, tell her, you have gone to a lot of trouble for us. Now what can we do for you? Can we speak to the king for you, or can we speak to the commander of the army for you? She replied, I live among my own people. I have everything I need here. And after she left, Elisha asked Jehizi, what can we do for her? Jehizi said, well, she doesn't have a son, and her husband is old. Then Elisha said, bring her here again. So he did. She stood in the doorway, and you will have, he said, you will hold a son in your arms. It will be about this time next year. No, my master, she objected. You are a man of God, so don't lie to me. But the woman became pregnant. She had a baby boy. It happened the next year about that same time. That's exactly what Elisha told her would happen. Amen. You may take your seat in the presence of God. One translation, I think King James uh, says that Elisha said to her, by this time next year or in due time, uh, you will become pregnant and hold your own son. All of this comes about uh, because this woman was a blessing to the man of God. She spent her entire life barren, her entire life failing to produce for her own self what she really wanted to produce. But after she spent time being a blessing to God's anointed, God allowed her to become pregnant 
with her very own miracle. I want to look at this text today and I want to preach from the thought in due time, your season is coming. Amen. In due time, your season is coming. Tell that to your neighbor, if you will, and say in due time, your season is coming. I've been led by the spirit of God to first and foremost convey to you uh, a statement that all of us should be able to agree with, and that statement is seasons change. Uh, it should be a 100% consensus within the sanctuary, within the building of Mount Zion, that all of us can agree with the fact that seasons do change. Bad seasons don't always stay bad, but sooner or later, something gives and good times begin to roll again. But on the flip side, good times don't always stay good because it is an irrefutable fact that hard times do come down an easy street. My brothers and sisters, whether we are talking about for the worst or whether we are talking about for the best, without provocation and without manipulation, it is natural that seasons will change. But though it is a fact that no matter what season you are in, whether it is a good season or a bad season, that your season will eventually change, it is also spiritually proven and biblically supported that there are things that you can do, do to provoke the hand of God to bless you even when you are in a bad season. As a matter of fact in 2 Kings chapter 4 we come across a woman who was barren and in an unfruitful season of her own. But while she was in this bad, unfruitful and barren season, she stumbles upon a spiritual principle in the kingdom of God that works for her in the text and I believe that it will work for us today. My brothers and sisters, I'm understand that this key is a powerful key that we as the people of God need to get our hands on because if we get our hands on this key it will unlock the unmeritable favor of God on our lives and it will help us access some blessings that we didn't even know God really wants us to have but 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 we have to come to the spiritual conclusion that there are some blessings that lie beyond a point that only this key will unlock the door for you to have. In other words, all I'm trying to tell you is that there are some blessings that you and I will never get, we will never gain, we will never possess, we will never access unless we utilize this principle that this woman reveals to us here in the text. You see, this woman influence my brothers and sisters the hand of God to bless her. She provoked the hand of God to bless her and the way she provoked the hand of God to bless her and to move in her favor is so simple that I'm ashamed to reveal it to you today. The way this woman of God uh, provokes the hand of God to bless her is because she was simply a blessing to the man of God. She decided to be a blessing to Elisha. And as a result 
of her being a blessing to him, God was a blessing to her. Can I say that again? I said, as a result of her being a blessing to Elisha, the man of God, the prophet of God, God turned around and he became a blessing to her. And I didn't come to preach to everybody today. I can tell that already because some of y'all ain't said amen yet. But I just came to declare to a few people that are genuinely a blessing to your pastor, to your man of God, that in due season, your blessing is coming. Can you just touch two people and say, he talking about me. I don't know about you, but he talking about me in due season. I got a blessing with my name on it. It's going to be a season whereby God opened doors that have been closed for you. I'm talking about a season where God will give you success in places where you have failed. I'm talking about a season where God will bring peace to your troubled mind and help you get a good night's sleep without sleeping medication. I'm talking about a season where God will grant you the stuff that you gave up on a long time ago. I'm talking about a season where God will move mountains out of your way and he will elevate valleys that you've been walking in all year long. I'm talking about a season where God will draw tears from your eyes and mend your broken heart. Y'all, I'm talking about a season where the hand of God will begin to work in your favor. Somebody shout, my season is coming. Yeah, he, that, 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 there's some... There's some things in the spiritual realm of God that has your name on it that God wants you to have that this key, y'all, has to unlock for you. And if you get your hand on this key and operate this principle, I want you to know that there are some blessings, there are some miracles, there are some good things that God will release into your life. That's what happened uh, to the woman here in the text. When you look at the text, y'all, we discovered that this woman who was barren was blessed with a baby and the reason she was blessed with a baby even though she was barren watch here is because this woman was a source of strength for the man of God put that in your notes for those that take notes this woman was a source of strength for the man of God the text tells us in verse number 8 that every time, every time Elisha came into town, the Bible says every time he came into Peoria, every time he came into town, this woman of God would fix him a meal and she would feed him. Every time he stopped by town, she would put something in him. Somebody say in him. This woman seems to have the idea that when you are a prophet of God, that when you speak for God, that when you operate in the pastoral ministry, people will take a lot from you, but won't put a lot in you. 
Yeah, it seems like she, she understands this. She understands this, that when you work for God, when you serve for God, people will take a lot from you without depositing anything back into you. And so she becomes one of the few people in Elisha's life that he can count on for strength. You see, one of the greatest frustrations for pastors, I know your pastor won't tell you this, but I will. One of the greatest frustrations from pastors is that everybody wants so much out of you. Everybody expects so much from you, but nobody seems to understand the importance of depositing anything back into you that will strengthen you and that will keep you going. Somebody said you got to keep the pastor going. Y'all, the worst thing that you can do is always take something out of something, but don't ever take the time to put something back into it. Can I say that again? The worst thing you can do is take something from it, but never put anything back into it. Uh, some of y'all still don't get it, but I dare you to try that with your bank account. Uh, always withdraw something out of it and don't put nothing back into it. You know what's going to happen? Your bank account will become insufficient. Try that with the gas in your car. Use the gas in your car to go everywhere you want to go and benefit you from point A to point B. If you don't ever put anything back into it, eventually your car will shut down. Try that with your fancy iPhone or iPad or Blackberry or Samsung or whatever you got in your pocket or in your purse. Use all the energy to make the phone calls that you want to make and browse the internet and do all the texting that you want to do. If you don't put anything back into it, it eventually will shut down. And that's what will happen to your man of God if you keep taking from him but never take the time to put anything back into him. His ministry will become insufficient. His ministry will shut down. His ministry will not work any longer because you have used him so much that you have used him up. This woman... This woman understands. I can't allow people to keep taking from the prophet, from the man of God, and never put anything back into him. And every chance she got, she did what she could do to put something back in him. Every time he came into town. She gave him bread and water and meat, y'all. She put something back into him that will strengthen him. And if the body of Christ could catch this important reality, y'all, I want you to know that this would be a blessing to your life because it is a blessing to, to be a blessing to the one who was ordained to preach the word into your life, who is ordained to pray over your families, to nurture your soul, to bury your dead, to marry your children, to counsel your troubled mind. It's a blessing to be a blessing to the one that is ordained to preach you out of storms, to pray you out of problems, to help you have a closer walk with God because when you bless your pastor, God will be a blessing to you. Jesus tried to get his 
disciples to understand this in Mark chapter 9, uh, verse 41. He says, whoever gives you a cup of water in my name because you belong to me, he says, they shall not lose their reward. Meaning that whatever reward God's got for you, whenever you do something as simple as give the man of God a cold glass of water, the Bible says you won't lose your reward, that there are rewards with your name on it that you won't lose when you do something as simple as quench the thirst of your pastor. Some people won't even give the pastor a towel to wipe the sweat from his head. Some people won't even give the pastor a good morning or a hello. Some people won't even give the pastor a card for his birthday. Some people won't even give the pastor a how you doing when, when it seems like he may be a little down. But Jesus says whenever somebody do something as simple as give you a cup of water, you don't lose their reward. Which also tells me on the flip side, uh, Brother Deacon, that there are people that lose their rewards every day simply because you won't allow yourself to pour back into your man of God and be a blessing to his life. Look at your name and say, don't lose your reward. For some of us, it's too late. But let, let, let me say this. Let me say it. Now, look at your neighbor and say, don't lose no more rewards. I think I got everybody covered now. <laughs> this woman allowed herself to be a source of strength for the man of God. Secondly, look here. She didn't, uh, she, she, she valued him as a man and she valued his ministry. She was a source of strength for him. And then she did things to show that she valued him as a human being, as a man, and she valued the ministry that was within him. Where you see that, Pastor Tex said that she told her husband, let's build a room for the man of God. In it. Let's put a bed. Let's put a table. Let's put a chair and let's put a lamp in this room. The text says that she furnished things in the room. And the things that she furnished this room with tells me that she cared about him, the man, and she cared about the ministry in the man. Come on, come on. How do I know? Because the bed was for the man. Uh-huh. But the table, the lamp, and the chair was for the ministry in the man. The bed was so he could rest. But the table, the lamp, and the chair was so that he could read the word and he could write his messages that he would preach to the people. And so she gave him a bed for the man and she gave him things for the ministry. You see, y'all, it is an unwritten principle of life that people uh, take care of what they value. Is that right? Pe pe 
people take care of what they value. I know this because when a parent values their children, they take care of their children. When a homeowner values their home, they take care of their home. When a pet owner values their pet, they take care of their pet. When a business company values their customers, they do things to take care of their customers. Why? Because it is an unwritten principle that people take care of what they value. And this woman understood that in order to keep benefiting from the ministry that was in the man that it would behoove her to take care of the man because if you lose the man you lose the ministry in the man if the man gets tired the ministry in the man gets tired if the man breaks down the ministry in the man breaks down so to keep being blessed by the ministry in the man it's important then to take care of the man can Zion shout take care of the man take care of the man you got to make sure that if you want him to keep preaching the word into your life you got to take care of the man if you want him to stop by the hospital when your body is racked with pain you got to take care of the man if you want him to keep praying over your family and pray over the unsaved folk in your hood you got to take care of the man don't pimp the ministry in the man you got to take care of the man so you can benefit from the ministry that God put in the man. Take care of the man. Because one way you can show that you really appreciate your pastor is not on one Sunday of the year. Holy Spirit, guide my thoughts. Uh-huh. There's some things I want to say I don't think it's politically correct to say. All right. All right. Because it takes more than one day out of 365 days of the year to show somebody I value you. How many members you got, Pastor? 138 of y'all, only one of him. It's a whole lot easier uh, for you all to show how much you value him than it is for him, the one person to show how much he values 138 of y'all. Y'all, it's 138 of y'all, only one of him. He ain't gonna get a chance to call everybody and say happy birthday. He ain't gonna get a chance to come to all of your cheering graduation. He ain't gonna get a chance to be there every time you think the pastor ought to be there. But it don't mean he don't love you, he don't value, he don't appreciate you. It's easier for you to show him than it is for him to show you. You got to do things to show that you value the ministry in him. She did things. She said, I'm going to build a room, told her husband. She asked permission. She told him. (laughs) She told him. Now, if you're married, don't go home and try this at home. I'm just talking about the Bible. 
I seen somebody do that to their husband. <laughs> no, Pastor Wills ain't told you to try that. She told him we're going to build a room in it. We're going to put a bed. We're going to put a table. We're going to put a lamp. We're going to put a chair because we're going to take care of the man and we're going to take care of his ministry. It's his ministry that changes your life. It's his ministry that empowers your soul. It's his ministry that gets your unsaved children and grandchildren and parents saved. It's his ministry. It's the ministry that God has placed in him and has stationed here at Mount Zion. Listen, I tell my church uh, sometimes, I don't work for y'all. I work for the kingdom. I'm just stationed here with y'all, but, but I don't work for y'all. The pastor don't work for you. He works for God. But thanks be to God that he's been stationed here to be a blessing to your life. And so now this woman was blessed because she was a source of strength. Uh, she appreciated the man as she appreciated the ministry in the man. Watch this. And her appreciation did not come with a hidden agenda. Yeah, because some people will appreciate you, but they got an agenda behind it. This woman appreciated the man and the ministry in the man, and there was no hidden agenda. See, one would think that this woman was being so kind and so hospitable to the man of God because she had a hidden agenda that she wanted to get something out of it. Maybe she heard what Elisha had done for the woman earlier in chapter 4 by erasing all of her debt, and she decided, well, if she got blessed for being good to the man of God, then I'm going to do something so I can get blessed as well. Maybe she had a hidden a hidden agenda y'all but if this was true i can't slander her for this i can't slander this woman for deciding i'm gonna be a blessing to the man of god because i want to be blessed behind it why because at least that shows me that she knows how to be blessed Y'all missed it. Y'all missed it. I, I said I can't slander her for being a blessing to the man of God because of she may have an a, hindered, a hidden agenda that I want to be blessed because that tells me at least she knows how to be blessed. You see, some of us don't know how to be blessed. And you cut off your blessings when you talk about the man of God. Ooh, I stepped on somebody's toe right there. It got quiet, preacher. <laughs> if this was her agenda, at least she knew how to be blessed. But y'all, according to the text, this was not her agenda. She wasn't trying to be blessed by God. The text said that she was being a blessing simply because she recognized that Elisha was holy. She said to her husband, I know that this man is a holy man of God. Now, this doesn't mean that she thought that Elisha was perfect because she called him holy. That's not what it means. It means that she knew that he had a special calling and a special anointing on his life. So by calling him holy, all she was saying is, I know that this brother belongs to God. And I know that he belongs to God and God is using him for his glory. And so because this man belongs to God, I want to be a blessing to him because I I know he's God. See, some of y'all think 
that the pastor is just a man. He is a man. He is human, which means that he has faults, he has errors, he has failures. I'm sorry, Pastor, I don't mean to put you on blast like this, but I'm just telling people who you are. He has faults, he has errors, he has, you know, he has some weaknesses, he has some shortcomings, just like all of y'all. Oh, I know y'all thought I wasn't going to say that, but... That, that does mean he ain't no different from none of y'all. But watch this. Here's the difference between you and him. He's a man. He's human. He has faults. He has error. He has shortcoming. But he is holy. God has separated him. And God decided, I know he's a man. I know he has faults. I know he has error. But I'm going to anoint him because I'm going to use him. And now that I have anointed him, that means he belongs to me. And that's why the word says now, touch not my, oh, y'all read the word, and do my prophet no harm. Why? Because when I anointed him, he belongs to me. And if you touch him, you are touching what's mine. She said, I just want to be a blessing because I know he's God's. He's a holy man of God. And y'all, it's good to be a blessing to the man of God because you know that's a way for God to be a blessing to you. But it's even more honorable when your appreciation has no agenda. You don't really need anything from God. Your health is fine. You ain't trying to get a job. You ain't trying to get God to send you a husband or send you a wife. You ain't trying to get no bill paid by the deacon board. You ain't trying to get a house. You ain't trying to get the preacher. But the only reason you're being a blessing is because you just want to be a blessing y'all sometimes it's good just to be a blessing for later you gotta watch some of these women all of them ain't being a blessing just to be a blessing you got an attractive husband I told him you know tell your folk don't put my picture next to yours cause you make me look bad this picture, this handsome brother next to my picture in the bulletin. Don't, don't put my picture next to his. But you got to be careful because everybody ain't being a blessing just to be a blessing. Some people want what you got. <laughs> but y'all, it's a blessing just to be a blessing. You have to pray, God, help me to be a blessing to the spiritual leader that you have placed on my life, not just because I need you to open doors for me, but help me to mold my heart to be a blessing just to be a blessing. That's what this woman did. Because she wanted to be a blessing, the Bible says that Elisha became burdened to see God be a blessing to her text says that Elisha asked her, what can I do to bless you for being such a blessing to me? And she says to him, man of God, I am content with what I already have. 
I'm not being a blessing to you because I want a blessing back from you. I don't, I'm not being good to you because I want something from God. She says, I'm content with what I already have. I don't need nothing else. I just want to be a blessing. But Elisha, Elisha was arrested because this was unusual kindness. You don't find too many people that come into your life and want to bless you because they recognize that you are anointed. He was, uh, he was unrestful uh, to be a blessing to her. He says, what can I do? Let me talk to the king. Let me talk to the commander. She says, no, I'm content. But he kept trying to figure out how can I return her goodness and get God to be a blessing to her. So the Bible said he asked her assistant, his assistant, what can we do? Jehaizah says, Elisha, this woman does not have a son. She's barren. Her husband is old. She don't have a son. There's a possibility that because her husband is old and she don't have a son, that if her husband dies, she would be all alone and have to struggle because it was a man's society. So her future doesn't look too bright is what he was telling Elijah says bring her back into the room and as she comes back into the room he says to her in due time by this season next year God is going to give you a son by this time next year God is going to give you a miracle. Elisha told her that her miracle was coming. He said, in due time. Let the church say, in due time. And that means it's coming, y'all, when God gets ready to release it. It means that it's already done, and all you got to do is just wait on God to release it into your life. And that's what I want to announce everybody in the sanctuary now that has been a blessing to the man of God. I want to let you know that in due time, there is a blessing with your name on it that when God gets ready it may be tomorrow, it may be next week, it may be next year but I want you to tell, I want to tell you just wait on it, look at your neighbor and say just wait on it because when God gets ready he's going to bless you beyond your belief you can't be good and not be rewarded not on God's system you can't do good, y'all, and not be rewarded on God's system because God's system is you shall reap what you sow. And so when you do good, good comes back to you. Elijah says to her in due time, it's coming, y'all. And what's fascinating as I get ready to leave, y'all, is that this woman didn't even believe what Elisha has spoken over her life and the life of her husband because her and her husband had tried numerous times to have a child and they failed. So she knew that it would take a miracle for her to get pregnant and to have a child. But what she didn't know was that her blessing to Elisha, it unlocked her miracle. It opened the door 
to the impossible and now God was getting ready to release the supernatural into her life. Why? Because God blesses those that are a blessing to the man of God. And y'all, if you want to unlock a blessing in your life, I dare you to allow yourself to be a blessing to the man of God. Because when you make it a priority to pour into what belongs to God, God will make it a priority to pour back into you. And there are some rewards with your name on it, y'all, that God will begin to release into your life. And there are some people in the ministry right now that you've been a blessing to Pastor Durham. And I want you to know that because you have strengthened your pastor, because you have valued him as a man, because you have valued his ministry, because you have poured into his life with no agenda, I want you to know that God is about to release some blessings into your life. He's about to release healing in somebody's life. He's about to release open doors in somebody's life. He's about to deliver somebody from a toxic relationship. He's about to release salvation into somebody's family. He's about to release open doors for your children. He's about to release financial prosperity into somebody's life. And if you receive that on today, I want you to just shout where you are. Release. If you know you've been a blessing, just shout release. If you know you've been good to your pastor, just shout release. If you know you've sown seeds into his life, just shout release. Come on, do you need anything from God? Do, do you need anything from the Lord? Whatever you need from the Lord, somebody shout release. And in due time, your season is coming. Put your hands together and give God a hand clap of praise. God is able, church. Uh -huh. God is able. Amen. Thank our pastor. Well, you know, I, I'm led to you need to pray for the pastor and his wife. Uh -huh. So, pastor, if you could, uh, you and your wife work, work to the altar here. You need to have a word of prayer for the pastor and his wife. Amen. Deacons and the ushers. Deacons, please come around. Let's all lay our hands on the pastor. Lord, we're asking you, Lord, to, to please touch our pastor, Lord. Yes. Pastor Duran, Heavenly Father. Father, we know that he is a laboring man, Heavenly Father. Father, this man here is, is ready to preach, Lord, any and every day, anywhere, and at any time, Heavenly Father. Father, for he works hard, Heavenly Father, in laboring for this church, Heavenly Father. Father, I'm asking you to please give him strength, Lord Jesus. Give him strength, Heavenly Father, to, to keep on keeping on, Lord. Give him strength, Heavenly Father, that no matter what the church look like, 
No matter how we look at him when he's preaching your gospel, Heavenly Father. Father, no whatever we say behind his back, Heavenly Father. Father, no matter how he feels, that sometimes the members may not be in agreement with what he wants to do, the vision that he might have, Heavenly Father. Father, we ask you to please continue to give him strength, Lord. Let him look into you, the author and the finisher of his faith, Heavenly Father. Father, for we know that you're able, Heavenly Father, to help him, Heavenly Father. We're able to give him the strength that he needs, Heavenly Father, to fulfill the ministry that you have given him, Lord. Lord, we say a special blessing for his wife, Lord. Give her strength, Heavenly Father, for she has to be there right there by his side, Heavenly Father. Sometimes she might even disagree with what he might be doing, Heavenly Father. Father, but help her to see the vision. Help her to see the light, Heavenly Father, that you have given the man of God, Heavenly Father. Help her to be the one that encourage him, Heavenly Father, when he's torn down, Lord. Help her to be the one to lift him up, Heavenly Father, when he feels like he has lost hope, Heavenly Father. Help her to be the one, Heavenly Father, that's always right there by his side, Heavenly Father. That's always telling him to keep on keeping on. That's always encouraging him to continue to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, Lord. Lord, help him raise a family, Heavenly Father. Give him strength, Heavenly Father, and being a father. Give him strength, Heavenly Father, to raise his children in the admonition of the Lord, Heavenly Father. Father, we know, Heavenly Father, that children are children. It doesn't matter whether they're preacher's kids or not, Heavenly Father. Children are children, Heavenly Father. Father, just help him to understand that, Heavenly Father, as the man of God, that children will always be children. Help him to rule, Heavenly Father, with love, Heavenly Father. Help him to be the example for his children, Heavenly Father, to be the example that they can respect and look up to, Heavenly Father, even though they might mess up sometime, Heavenly Father. Let him know, Heavenly Father, that it's all working out for the good, Heavenly Father. Let him know, Heavenly Father, that he should always be encouraging them, Heavenly Father, to do your will, Heavenly Father. Father, continue to bless him and give him strength, Heavenly Father. Continue to let him rule, Heavenly Father, this place, Heavenly Father. Let him be the angel that you have called for him to be, Heavenly Father. Let him be a light at all times, Heavenly Father. Father, when his light grows dim, Heavenly Father, Father, we ask that you to light it up for him, Heavenly Father. Father, for we know that you're able to carry the burden that he may not be able to carry, Heavenly Father. You're able to carry it, Lord. Lord, we thank you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. Lord, I ask you to please renew his mind, renew his spirit, Heavenly Father. For sometimes he gets tired, Heavenly Father. Sometimes he runs out of gas. Lord, I'm asking you to please let him know, Lord, it's okay to take a vacation. It's okay, Heavenly Father, to take a vacation, Heavenly Father, to relax and to rejuvenate, Heavenly Father. Father, just continue to give him strength. Lord, it's in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that I pray. Amen. Amen. It's time to extend the invitation for discipleship. As the deacons are standing to walk to all the church, please stand. There's someone out there who do not know our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior.